0: 21st century, global news is bigger, faster, more complicated, and frankly a whole lot scarier than ever. It's hard to know which stories to pay attention to, or how to make sense of it all. Don't worry too much though, because we got you covered. We're international relations PhDs, and we're here to deliver a lighthearted dose of context and analysis to your podcast app, week after week. We're decoding global politics, so you don't have to. We are The elucidators. Oh, and welcome to another episode of The Elucidators. I am your host, Steve Pally. With me, as always, is my co-host, Sumi Chatterjee. How are you doing, Sumi?
1: Uh, I I have been very confused at many times in my life. And right now, I am bewildered. I am disoriented. And, you know, I try and be as neutral and arbiter as possible in, in our podcast, but I am I'm quite disheartened and, di- and uh, disappointed,
0: right? Yeah, I would, I would say that um, I would venture to say that you're actually kind of steamed. And I don't see you usually get steamed up like this about IR, um, but but here we are. it is um, what is it? It's Wednesday, October 9th, and the business has kicked off. where? Where are we this week?
1: Oh, my God. We are in the single worst conflict zone in the world in terms of political dynamics, number of actors, number of interests. We are in northern Syria. We are in the civil war in Syria that has been raging for eight years. Yeah, and,
0: and I thought you were going to say Yemen, but we had already talked about Yemen, and this is actually worse than Yemen in some ways, um, in that uh, we've had an eight-year civil war uh, that has had anywhere between, what is it, 2 and 11 different parties going at it at any given time. Yeah. And uh, currently who is doing what to whom in Northern Syria?
1: Okay. Most immediately right now, as we speak um, the Turks who who, uh, border Syria to the North are currently in a bombing campaign in Northern Syria, but not against the Syrians against the Kurdish ethnic minority within Northern Syria
0: okay and and uh the kurds have set up their own little statelet in northern syria right and that statelet is called rojava that's what they call it um it has a sort of a longer and fancier name um and they earned this statelet how in
1: 2017 trump comes into office and isis the islamic state in syria also called by obama ISIL, the Islamic State in the Levant, which is the broad term for the Eastern Mediterranean, that brutal terrorist organization still has land, even though they're losing to U.S.-allied troops.
0: At one point, these guys controlled uh, basically a state the size of Great Britain, not small, um, across Iraq and Syria. In 2017, smaller than that, but still significant.
1: Right. Uh, But yes, the uh, the U.S. efforts to fight ISIS, ISIL, in the Levant, in Iraq and Syria, is going better. The tr- it's trending well. And Trump comes in and there's 2,000 troops in Syria who are working with the Kurdish minority, aforementioned. And the idea that the Trump administration takes on is why don't we take these troops and have them work with the Kurds and make the Kurds the tip of the spear against ISIS. Mm-hmm. And, the Kurds are incredibly effective. They absolutely smoke ISIS.
0: Yeah, like they're, they're, they're actually really good at fighting. Um, they've been doing it for a long time against many, many, many different types of people. Uh, we're talking hundreds and even thousands of years of fighting against basically everybody on all sides because the Kurds um, are, I think, the world's largest stateless people. Is that right? Right.
1: So the Kurds are the largest ethnic group in the world without a state of their own. And to put that into perspective, there's something like 15 to 20 million Jews in the world. Mm. There's something like 30 to 40 million Kurds in the world. Right.
0: And we have an Israel, but we don't have an official Kurdistan. We do have a couple unofficial Kurdistans. One is in northern Iraq, and the other is in northern Syria, and it's currently being bombed by the Turks. What has the turks so hot and bothered about the kurds having their own state in northern syria
1: the turks have a problem with the kurds namely that the kurds and a particular terrorist organization so so identified by the turks the u.s state department and the eu called the pkk it translated the the kurdish work workers party the pkk has carried out several terrorist acts in turkey over several decades this has created a lot of tension between the kurdish minority in turkey and the turkish government over several administrations so right now the turks look at rojava this little statelet carved out by the kurds fighting our enemy isis and they say oh no we don't want you to have a state on our border on top of that turkey has taken many, many, many refugees from the Syrian civil war. Turkey does not want to keep these Syrians. So they are also bombing the Kurds in Rojava, the northern Syrian statelet, so that they can then, this is according to experts, can then resettle all of these Syrian Arab refugees into bombed-out Rojava and (laughs) give them, give the Turks themselves, the Turks will create for themselves a buffer of Arabs between the tur- between themselves and the Kurds.
0: Right, okay, thank you for that summary, uh, that's excellent. Um, you have not succeeded in selling me a timeshare in Rojava, <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah, what a sales job. It's like, yeah, uh, understanding that you are a refugee from this horrible civil war, we're gonna send you right back in to your country that you left because it's on fire and we're gonna resettle you into a place that we literally just, just finished bombing, um, using, by the way, American military
1: hardware. <laughs> oh, oh, and by the way, you uh, poor Arab Syrian refugees who fled this very complex civil war in your country that has likely uh, killed hope of peace and prosperity in the country for decades. By the way, you're now going to be the buffer between us and the Kurds, who we just bombed the hell out
0: Right. Right. Um, so, so the leader of Turkey, the president of Turkey is this guy, Erdogan, right? President Erdogan. Yes. Um, and he is obviously not a fan of the Kurds. And he has wanted to do this for a while, right? And in fact, he's made noises about this plan. He's floated this plan in the past. Is that right?
1: This all kicked off in American domestic politics on Sunday, October 6th, when the White House releases this very strange, short, two-paragraph statement, which, to summarize and paraphrase, basically says the following. The long-planned Turkish military operation in northern Syria will commence soon. Uh, what? Right, to which everyone, including some of the presidents, Closest Republican allies said exactly that. Doggy, doggy, what now? What's this about? Where well, the Turks are going to do what in northern Syria? To whom? You mean to our friends, the Kurds? Who? Look, the Kurds defeated ISIS more than the U.S. did. If you think about it in terms of who was fighting them and who was beating them on. The- yeah.
0: So to draw a historical analogy, the Kurds were really. Uh, They did the heavy lifting, kind of like the Russians did against the Nazis in World War II. They were on the ground fighting and dying and killing these guys in very large numbers on both sides. They are also the guys that hold, I think, tens of thousands of ISIS prisoners in kind of makeshift jails, right, that we've helped them kind of secure. So they're sitting on what is formerly ISIS territory territory for us, on our behalf, holding on to guys that we don't want to deal with, and we certainly don't want to be freed, right? And now we have another ally, putative ally, somebody who's supposed to be an ally, Turkey, coming at them with, by the way, our own planes and guns and bombs that we've sold them because they are a NATO ally.
1: <laughs> but I'd like to say thank you for bringing up the prisoners, uh, because it is yet another coat of awful on this on this unbelievably painted mess. So like you said, the Kurds having defeated ISIS have taken thousands of ISIS uh, members prisoner. So the Turks have agreed to take these prisoners in. This is what the U.S. is ostensibly getting out of allowing the Turks to go in and hurt the Kurds. First, the president says the Turks won't do anything to hurt the Kurds. I'm paraphrasing. The Turks won't do anything to hurt the Kurds. Otherwise, I will destroy their economy. The yeah. destroy their economy thing, he actually tweeted, which...
0: Yeah, that, you're not paraphrasing. That's what he actually said. That part he said. <laughs> yeah. But
1: but the thing is, he says, okay, then he's asked an oppressor today, what are you going to do if the ISIS prisoners escape from Kurdish control or they somehow get out anywhere? His response was, oh, they'll go to Europe.
0: They'll go to
1: what? The ISIS prisoners under Kurdish control are going to go to Europe. And he said this as a way of saying the, the U.S. shouldn't worry. It's Europe's problem. If ISIS, held it, if, ISIS, if ISIS members held in Kurdish prisons, then escape or are somehow released.
0: Right. They'll go back to their home countries, which in many cases are in Europe. Um, and one would assume perpetrate terrorist acts in Europe's major cities. We've seen that play before.
1: There's this messy bit where the Turks are supposed to take ISIS prisoners, several thousand ISIS prisoners, but that part in that two paragraph statement released on Sunday is just kind of a thing, which raises-
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a a hand wavy thing. Oh, like it'll all work out, right? This is fine. But it's pretty clear that there's been no planning uh, logistically any of this um it's certainly not very well coordinated um and uh, what do the kurds have to say about all of this
1: the kurds as you would imagine have said if turkey comes in which they have yes we will fight yep. and they are yep. so now in 2011 the syrian civil war kicks off between assad and some arab springers who are tired of his who's Quran. assad Assad is the leader of Syria. Right. He inherits his leadership from his father, Hafez al-Assad, who is also brutal. There's a brief moment where people think that Assad, current Assad, Bashar al-Assad, the current leader of Syria, because he is a British-trained, I believe he's a physician. maybe a he's, he's an ophthalmologist or something yeah. like that. Okay. He gets his medical training in England. There's a hope that he might be more Western, more mm. lowercase liberal. Mm -hmm. But it turns out he, just like dad, he's super, he is super oppressive. He favors his own Muslim minority Alawites. And what happens in 2011 is there are protests against Assad. Then what happens? Assad fires on the protesters. This then kicks off a civil war. There are terrorists in, under Syrian control, in Syrian prisons, under Assad regime control, who then Assad releases to then go fight on behalf of the anti-Assad forces so that then it will slow up any kind of Western support for the anti-Assad forces. Wow. Did that
0: make sense? Yeah, no, it's pretty counterintuitive. I mean, right. now that now that I'm going back over to my head, it kind of does make sense. It's a... Right. Uh, Assad... That's, fearing... the, uh, that's definitely
1: from the back of the playbook, though. Right, Assad, fe- Assad facing... Uh, Facing a potential civil war, then says, How am I most likely to retain power? Well, the way for me to most likely retain power is to keep Western forces out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what am I gonna do? I'm gonna let some terrorists that I have in prison, I'm gonna let them out of prison, and then I'm gonna encourage them and I'm gonna make it seem as much as I can like they're fighting me. So this is gonna keep Western support and arms out of the, the anti-Assad.
0: Right, he can, he can basically win the marketing battle by saying, well, I'm on the side of righteousness because I'm fighting the Islamic terrorists, which exactly. I actually let out of my own jails, right?
1: And furthermore, <laughs> to this day, Syrian ally Russia and Vladimir Putin do not talk as much about the complexities of the Syrian civil war. What they say is, we will defeat Islamic terrorism and we will win. Putin Mm. has said this like in the last week. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason we talk about Putin is because as news reports are coming in fast and furious, it is unclear the level of coordination happening between Turkish troops, the Russians, and wait, wait, there's more parties involved, the Iranians who are also allied with Assad. Mm -hmm. So it is perfectly possible. And there are reputable news sources saying that right now, Kurds who helped defeat ISIS at our behest are now getting rolled, bombed by Turks in coordination with Russians and Iranians and with the approval of the Syrian regime under Bashar al-Assad.
0: Yeah, and don't forget the terrorists. (laughs)
1: Let me give you one more. And in this part of the world, there's not just ISIS. There's also an Al-Qaeda outlet called uh, Jawad uh, al-Nusra Anyway, the Al-Nusra Front, and today, because everyone has access to global media voices, they have now endorsed the Turkish action, the Turkish military action against the Kurds. So right now, the Turks are killing Kurds, and this is endorsed, and perhaps working in coordination with the Russians and the Iranians and the Syrians, and it is also endorsed by al-Qaeda.
0: And it apparently is endorsed by the United States as well.
1: Tacitly, maybe explicitly, I don't know. Yeah, but It's created. You know, we try and talk about international relations issues. This is a real domestic problem now for the president of the United States. Major who is, problem. Who is facing a a okay? He's up for re-election. We are 13 months out from him, from the next election. The Democrats, the opposition party that control the House of Representatives, have started a process to investigate whether or not they should impeach him, which is a referral to Senate, and then the Senate will decide whether or not, to, that he, whether or not Trump should be removed from office. Right. Well, so he's got, he's got a lot of domestic political problems, the President of the United States does.
0: He relies on Republicans in the Senate as a bulwark against being removed from office, Correct.
1: Absolutely. The, so the president of the U.S. has absolutely relied on, Dem, on Republican senators to not vote him out of office. He needs their support. And now it appears he has at the very least put a big old hole in that. Otherwise loyal, like super crazy loyal uh, Senator Lindsey Graham is saying really rough things about the president. If we
0: think that you're angry about this, Lindsey Graham is on fire. He is hot. He is spitting mad.
1: Yeah, he has, and right out of the pages of a bad professional wrestling uh, promotion, (laughs) he has threatened the Turks with sanctions from hell. (laughs) Quote. Not that sounds like a
0: finishing move for um, the Undertaker or something. Yeah, it's
1: the bureaucratic finisher. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the multinational inter- institutional Undertaker. That's <laughs> rough. Uh, this is, just, but the thing is, okay, like I said, we don't like talking about American domestic politics, but this we kind of have to now, though. This absolutely appears to be a massive international. I'll call it what it is—a cockup. Because the president of the United States, acting without the support of his domestic political allies, and aside from his foreign policy advisors in the State Department, the National Security Council, and the Department of Defense, decided unilaterally to let the president of Turkey go in and roll over our allies. For yeah. His, yeah, for his part, the president of the United States said, hey... Turks, if you do anything, we will destroy your anything I don't like. Anything rough to the Kurds will will destroy your economy. Which is like, all right, yeah. Then pushed enough on this, he was. Th- he then said something to the effect of, "Well, it's not like the Kurds are our best friends. It's not like they were fighting the Nazis with us."
0: Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Like his his as we've talked about in the past, his priority prior to the 2020 election is to. I guess, satisfy promises uh, from the 2016 election, and one was to bring the troops home from these foreign conflagrations, right? So he is spinning this action as a way of getting our troops out of Syria, but that's not actually what's happening. The troops that we have there, first of all, there aren't that many left. Um, There's only, I think, one to 2,000 left, maybe 1,000 left, right? It's under 1,000. It's under 1,000 left, um, and they're merely moving away from the border. Right. The Turks are supposedly only going to come. We're moving them into our Yeah. OK. We're moving them away from the border um, so that the Turks can do this incursion and establish this corridor, which is only supposed to go 15 to 20 miles in northern Syria. It remains to be seen whether the Turks will keep that promise or whether they're going to keep going the rest of the way into uh, Rojava. Or, or Syrian Kurdistan.
1: Trump justifies this action in terms of domestic politics by saying, I am a promise keeper. In fact, his slogan for a re-election is, promises made, promises right. kept. However, this promise is one that, okay, you say you ran, an, at least in part, on bringing troops home from international conflict. Fine. There's only a thousand troops there. This is far fewer than we have in places like Germany or South Korea, or Afghanistan. Okay. That matter? or Afghanistan, which we talked about, or or Iraq. So fine, we leave this aside for a second. Say, okay, if the question is, if the promise is reframed in this way, President Trump, would you leave a thousand troops in Syria to prevent a Kurdish genocide?
0: Well, I'd, I'd have to think it would be yes, except it's apparently no. Playing devil's advocate. For that, you know, I think what he would say is, well, I've received assurances from Erdogan, the president of Turkey, that this incursion will only go into uh, northern Syria a certain amount and then it will stop. I believe him when he says that he wants to resettle these refugees, get them out of Turkey, and he wants to establish kind of a border security area between him and between Turkey and Rojava. And, you know, I also you know, understand sort of the the, um, historical delicacies entailed in the conflict between the Kurds and the Turks. The Turks have a legitimate reason to do this, right? This is all the devil's advocate stuff. Um, These are not very good arguments. Uh, When you're in the United States and, you know, you expect people to cooperate with you in the future um, when you need help um, in other areas of the world, right? I think- it, doesn't this, like, harm our credibility with other potential allies?
1: Let's talk about one of our earlier episodes. The, the pro-democracy, pro-small-l liberal protesters in Hong right. Kong. Uh, it has not been confirmed, but it's alleged, it's alleged and reported in, in reputable sources that Trump promised Chinese uh, leader Xi Jinping to not get involved and not speak out in favor of Hong Kong. Right. If you're the Hong Kongers and you see that the Kurds who literally died, thousands of Kurds died to help with an American foreign policy uh, initiative. The Hong Kongers are sitting there thinking we have, yeah, Superman's not coming. Deus Ex Machina is not on board. We are not going to get help. If you're in Taiwan, it's the same thing. Right. If you are anywhere where you are a small Power where you could be militarily overwhelmed. Trump is sending the message everywhere that you are on your.
0: Own. Yep, and he's been sending that message pretty consistently, actually, since he was elected, as as far as I can recall. Um, he did, he, right. does, he doesn't seem to be very interested in alliances of any kind.
1: in a In a bizarre way, so there's two kind of foreign. There's two schools of thought within uh, Republican foreign policy. Mm. One is the, is the Lindsey Graham very hawkish pro-intervention school of school. Of right. Life. Primacy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. America, America is prime. We should use our military to help make the world better or promote democracy to solve problems. And the other side is the Ron Paul, Rand Paul, libertarian, anti-foreign intervention.
0: Yeah. Isolationism.
1: Yeah. Neo-isolationists that the U.S. should let the world be and should worry about its own domestic affairs. However, these two parties, these two wings of the Republican Party have lived in an uneasy tension, but the Hawks have won the presidency every single time until Trump, when Republicans have won the presidency. Now, there is a real problem at hand for Republicans, which is where do, where are Republican voters actually on this? Are they okay with allies, Kurds, servants in many ways to an American foreign policy initiative against ISIS, are they okay with letting the Kurds die at the hands of Turkish bombs? I don't know.
0: We're about to find out. (laughs) It's like it's a pretty major risk to be running if you're the president, I would say. Um, Because, yeah, okay, you have the Republican voters, right, who may or may not care about the Kurds. I think many of them probably will. Um, on top of that, you have the senators who represent them, uh, many of whom are not actually up for re-election in 2020. Um, they may be up for election in 2022 or 2024, so they can afford to get mad about this. And seemingly, they are. Many of them are. Uh, first and foremost being Lindsey Graham, but there are others who are raising a pretty serious stink. Mitt Romney being one of them.
1: Man, you know what? I'm not going to say anything about this, but I have
0: thoughts. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> Okay, so so this situation just kicked off uh, like basically hours before we started recording, right? Um, what do we expect to happen? Yeah, if we, if we
1: went on Twitter right before we started recording and went on now, the situation, there would be news. And you know what that news would mm-hmm. be? It's gotten much, much worse, Steve.
0: Fantastic. So, so we expect the Kurds to lose, right? They're going to fight and lose because the Turks are better equipped, right? They have planes
1: in between bad planning and cruelty these are those are two of my least favorite things <laughs> and we are currently standing on the corner of poor planning and cruelty yeah. uh, just watch just watching bombs drop in northern syria so yeah no there is no helping the kurds unless trump changes his mind or finds some face saving measure that will then allow him to do what is right by the curtains
0: yeah but uh the thing is to a certain extent like this sausage is already made it's already been through the grinder right i i don't see it turning back into uh what what's what sausage is made out of pork pork loin
1: yeah well sausages what okay sausage quick aside sausage can be made out of anything <laughs>
0: that's too. true trick and su- chicken sausage
1: yeah it's more or less just ground meat with spices if you want it goes them. through a grinder <laughs> yeah that's the important part it sure does Ground meat, and it doesn't have to be cased. I think about sausage. Oh, yeah. No, it's good. Um, The the point is,
0: uh, like, the damage is done, right? The invasion is occurring. I suppose that the the invasion could be called off, but that seems pretty unlikely that Erdogan is going to back off. There seems to be a pretty good possibility that Congress, on a fairly bipartisan basis, may override Trump and sanction Turkey um, for this situation, depending on what the Turks end up doing and how much they end up doing, I suppose that if they keep their incursion fairly minimal and don't kill that many people, there's a chance, there's a chance um, that some of this will come out in the wash, but I don't think any of that is very likely. Um, I think a lot of people are going to end up dying, uh, most of whom are our allies.
1: You know, there are very reasonable arguments and to be made about pulling the us out of the middle east drawing drawing down in syria drawing down in iraq but it's so it's not the what right it's the how right it's absolutely the how i
0: agree yeah because as you know i'm in favor of reducing middle eastern commitments um and we've talked about it vis-a-vis afghanistan i feel pretty passionately about that particular forever war right um but with all of that said, there is no reason for this to be happening right now in the way that it's happening um, it's a it's a big cluster um, there's no question about that and it also I think demonstrates the depths to which uh, Turkey has fallen as a reliable US ally <laughs> um, because these guys they started out really solid for us uh, they've been a NATO ally for I think 70 years throughout the entire entire cold war we had nuclear missiles based there you know we still do we yeah, still do they're... um we have we we've used their air bases um to take out saddam hussein during the first or, or i guess the second iraq war um and the bad one yeah the bad the one that didn't work uh um, and it continues to not. yeah work. it's that's right and maybe we'll podcast about that at some point in the relatively near future because stuff is are, are also kicking off in baghdad um but that's not this week. Um, But um, this guy, Erdogan, ever since uh, he's turned into an authoritarian, has been cozying up to Putin and Iran and Bashar al-Assad, none of which he's supposed to be doing uh, as a NATO ally. Not
1: supposed to be buying Russian weapons either, Steve.
0: Nope, and he's buying Russian weapons, which is for sure not allowed uh, under the terms of NATO. Um, He's supposed to be using our hardware, and to be fair, he is. He's just using it to bomb...
1: Uh, people we like not in defense of erdogan but in explanation of erdogan he comes into office in 2014 and there is there is a lot of hope that he is going to be a pro-western reformer that he'll be very liberal right turns out he's quite corrupt this (laughs) this then leads to a coup a failed coup while he is abroad this leads to a bizarre moment that sits at the intersection of technological proliferation and tin pot dictators in which he president erdogan facetimes the turkish people and says no they didn't get me and i'm coming for the people that are doing the coup this then leads to massive erdogan comes back with a vengeance massive arrests massive clampdowns on civil society just a purge
0: like he purged all of the institutions purged the universities, he purged the government, he purged the army, purged everybody like hundreds of thousands of people, right? Not
1: good to be a journalist.
0: No, no, sir. Um, Turkey's just not doing as well as it was five or 10 years ago. That's for darn sure.
1: Right. And in this time, and again, in explanation, but not defense of Erdogan, for more than a decade, pro- anyway, for a long time, Turkey did everything they could to become a member of the European Union. Right. And the EU kept Lucy Charlie Brown footballing (laughs) Turkey vis-a-vis European Union membership. Right. And every liberal reform that Turkey would go through, they just kept swiping at the ball and the EU kept pulling it away. And the reality is there just isn't the political will to have a Muslim country in the European Union.
0: No, although that they they've used Turkey when it's convenient to do things like resettle refugees, um, right. and and keep refugees out of Europe more particularly, they've cut deals with Turkey and given Erdogan money to keep people from coming to Europe uh, from the battlefields of Iraq and Syria. Um, so they're you know the Europeans are perfectly happy to like get their hands dirty, you know, paying this guy. Uh, they just you know would prefer not to look at him basically. And now, like, we've come to the logical conclusion of this process, whereby Turkey is basically turning into Russia and Iran, uh, and they're behaving much more like those countries than they are uh, like uh, the rest of the NATO pantheon. Um,
1: Right. This is what happens when regime survival becomes the most important priority for the government mm -hmm. of a state. Right. When you back someone into a corner like Putin in Russia, like the like the Ayatollah in Iran, like Erdogan in Turkey from various places, some internal, some external, some mix of both, this is what happens.
0: Yeah. And we also, by the way, think this is probably why even bad sanctions on Turkey probably won't do anything to stop what Erdogan is up to, right? Because this is like a really big deal uh, to him and and to Turkish nationalists. Is basically controlling this territory and dealing with the Kurds because the Kurdish problem they see as basically an existential issue, uh, meaning that it, it directly affects whether or not Turkey survives, whether or not their government survives. And whether or not this is actually true, and I don't think it is, they believe it um, and they are acting on that belief.
1: The Kurds are victims of history on repeat
0: yes we've this is the third time we've actually betrayed them which is you know we're out of time for this week uh but you're 100 percent right um they're victims of history and uh they've been betrayed multiple times by the united states and unfortunately this looks like only the most recent example of that phenomenon um we don't know what's going to happen but it's not looking good
1: say our closing line steve as always, we'll keep monitoring the situation. We'll keep
0: monitoring the situation. Yeah, it's it's a bummer, man. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that'll do us for this week. Um,
1: All right, we'll see you next week. valued listeners,
0: if you like what you're hearing on The Elucidators, please do us a solid and tell everyone you know about the podcast. If you really love us, please also feel free to rate us five stars on your podcast store, be it iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever, and write us a glowing review, because we rely on your positive feedback and word of mouth to grow and improve. And, if you have comments or questions email us at all one word, at gmail.com or tweet us at the underscore elucidators we may even answer your question on the show